0: Y'all want to go home? You already had like two or three sermons. You want one more? One more, okay. <laughs> okay, open your Bibles. We will go, first of all, to uh, 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, and also go ahead and find 2 Corinthians. The second chapter. We'll just go from one to the other. First Corinthians fifteen and then probably just a page or two to second Corinthians chapter two. Now in First Corinthians fifteen, a lot of good things here. It talks about the resurrection. Amazing things. How many believe just like it's written in here that trumpets gonna sound and dead in Christ are gonna rise? And we're gonna be changed. How many are looking forward to getting changed. That's going to be something else. Mm, mm, mm. No more wrinkles. No more weight problems. No more feeling tired and sluggish. No more aches, no more pains. Glory to God. Mm, mm. And uh, down towards the end here is preaching by the anointing. He says death is swallowed up in victory. And then he gets sassy in verse 55. Death? Where's your sting? Grave? Where's your victory? He's taunting them. The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But... In the face of death, in the face of sin, thanks be to God. Somebody say, thanks be, to God. thanks be to God. Thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody say it out loud. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Say it again. But thanks be to God which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. One more time. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This is one of the personal things I remember about Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr. who's in heaven now. Some of the private Time that I and Phyllis and I were able to spend with them through the years. And we served with them for 20 years. And uh, he would just come out with this seemingly out of the blue. We'd be riding along in the car. We'd be walking through the door of the hotel. And we'd be getting on the plane. And he'd just say, thanks be to God who gives us the victory <laughs> through our Lord Jesus Christ. Anyway, something he liked to say. I'm talking about off the platform. I'm talking about in his bedroom. Am I right, Phyllis? I'm telling this right. I mean, it just come up out of him. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I feel strongly in the same way. But another verse kind of pops out of me. And it's the one we're about to read here. Basically says the same thing. You can say them both. You don't have to pick. 2 Corinthians, the second chapter. Are you there? 2 Corinthians 2 and 14. What does it say? Now thanks, God, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savor or the smell of Of his knowledge by us in every place. Did you know you can smell victory? Did you know victory has a smell? You might not have known that. Spiritual things have smell to them. And we, you know, a lot we don't know because we operate so much in the flesh and in the natural. But God intends for you and I to be fragrant. I'm not talking about your cologne. I'm not talking about your perfume. Certainly not talking about the lack thereof. (laughs) If you read this whole passage, you see he's talking about smells. Some translations use the word fragrance. Some use the word odor. The King James used the word odor. But when we hear odor, we think bad. But the Bible uses it both good and bad. Good odor. That sounds strange to us. A good odor? Yeah. But anyway, you and I are to smell like life. We're to smell like victory. Oh, anybody with me this evening? Now, I'm not talking about that when somebody walks in the room, you start going... Because You can't smell this with your natural nose We're not talking about natural smelling We're talking about a spiritual smell But when we say spiritual smell That doesn't mean imaginary smell Spiritual is real I said it's real God is spirit He's not imaginary He's real You are a spirit Not that you have a spirit You are a spirit and you either smell like death, spiritually, or you smell like life. You smell like depression and defeat, or you smell like victory. You smell old and stale, <laughs> or you smell like new life. Newness of life and victory. Amen. Somebody say, what's that you wearing?" Man, what's that you got on?" That's an old de victory. Yeah, I got it on both sides. Old de victory. <laughs> now we could shout about that and be happy about that, but I want to back up and see the connection that's made in both of these verses. Read this one out loud to me again, please. What does it say? Now. Now what? Thanks, thanks be to God. Which cause always causes us to triumph in Christ. Now go to the other one. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. They're very similar, aren't they? What does it say? But what? Thanks be to God. But thanks be to God. Be to God. I mean, that phrase is in both of them. And it's not just in these two. Thanks be to God. Say it out loud. Thanks be to God. God. Say it again. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. 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 Which Which gives us the victory. We'd probably say in our modern vernacular, who gives us the victory? If you look up the words, it's just a matter of Greek to King James English. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. And he does it through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I have it on my heart to begin a new series or, you know, if it's one or two or 200, I don't know. But to minister along this line of the power of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. And the lifestyle of thanksgiving. And I know you've heard some things about this, and I know before we even go further, if I ask you, you know, is it good to be thankful? And you go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you suppose there's a lot about this we don't know? Oh, yeah. And we begin with our texts looking at some things that are increasingly clearer to me as time goes on. The Lord spoke something to my heart. Oh, this would have been, I guess, close to 20 years ago now, in a time of waiting on Him and getting quiet. Part of my responsibility was the healing uh, school and classes at Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministries. And I started out helping there, and then eventually they turned more of it to me, and I did more of the speaking. And and, uh, the Lord taught me that I should wait on Him and get quiet and meditate and wait before Him, and the anointing would be stronger. And of course, it's not me that can heal anybody, it's the anointing. And so I want the results, I want the anointing to be as strong, I want to do my part. And so I'd, especially on the day that we'd lay hands on people, I'd skip the noon meal, most of the time skip both meals, not eat anything, uh, and just wait before the Lord, and just confess that the Spirit of the Lord's on me, and pray and wait on Him, and not just scream at the top of my voice, sometimes just lay there and be quiet. And, uh, you know, prepare myself. And so, uh, during one of these times, the Lord spoke to my heart. I remember I'm laying in the floor. A little old bitty room I used to go and shut the door. I'm right by myself in the floor. And the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard an outside voice here now, but it wouldn't be any more real if it was an audible voice. It wouldn't be any more him. And he spoke to my heart. He said this. I wrote it down. He said, "Uh, Keith, would you like to know how to increase your capacity. To receive from me. Well I didn't have to think about that very long. Would you have to think about that very long. I didn't have to pray about that at all. I said uh, yes. Yes and please yes. Please yes. Would I like to know. How to increase my capacity. To receive from God. Now this tells you a lot though doesn't it. Yes, sir. It tells you. That our capacity to receive from Him as we stand here right now is not unlimited. It tells you that not everybody's the same. Not everybody is in position to receive the same things. That should be obvious just from looking at people and situations in life, and yet it's not because God's a respecter of persons, it's not because He's playing favorites. The limitation is on people's ability to receive. Just because somebody wants to sow something or give something to someone does not mean that's all there is to it. Does there? Is there? I mean, there have been people that I have uh, had it on my heart to do something for. I'm thinking of a man right now several years ago. I wanted to give him something that was precious to me. It was one of my prized possessions. And I was excited about it to give it to him. And I came to him and uh, I gave it to him. I said, brother, I want you to have this. I want you to enjoy this. And he looked down and he looked at it. He said, this is too nice. He said, how much does this cost? I said, for you, nothing. It's not costing you a dime. not costing you one penny. He said, yes, but this is expensive. Not to you. And he handed it back to me. He said, I can't receive this. I said, "Uh, yeah, you can. You just open your hands and I'll set it there. (laughs) And then I'll turn loose and walk away and you'll have it. He didn't think that was funny. He said, I'm sorry, uh, Brother Keith, but I can't. I can't receive this. I said, yeah, you can, if you will. I said, please, receive it. I want you to have it. I want you to enjoy it. He said, no. And he would not. Now, he didn't know it, but he irritated me. I smiled. I doubt he ever knew it. But I almost said soon he just slapped me in the face. He's saying a lot of things I don't know that he realizes he's saying. He's saying, I don't believe you heard from God. He's saying, you missed it. You don't know what you're doing. He's saying, I don't want you to have the opportunity to reap a harvest off of this seed that's precious to you. This is serious stuff, isn't it? People don't know what they're doing. But he would not receive it. And he never did. What can you do? Can't make somebody receive something. Can you? Now the reason I bring that up and go into detail is because we are exactly the same way with God. We can only enjoy what we're able to receive. I'm saying that elaborating on what the Lord told me in my heart. He said, would you like to know how to what? Increase your capacity to receive from me. What does that mean? I can't receive more from him until something happens in me. Do we all have the same capacity to receive from God? I mean, we have the same ultimate potential potential. But where we are sitting here right now, are we all at the same place? Could we receive the same things from Him? No, we're all at different places. And there are limiting choke factors in every person's life here. Hmm? Go with me to Psalms. Uh, Psalm 78 talks about that first generation of Israelites that were delivered out of Egyptian bondage. Did they receive all God had for them? What happened to them? They died out in that dry, barren place. They died young and they died hard. Their life was hard. Did God have more for them that He intended they receive from Him? Yes. If you read the book of Hebrews, chapters 3 and 4, you see it says that they didn't enter into the promised land although it was provided and determined for them before the foundation of the world. God had it ready. Amen. He had picked it out. He did not intend that they wander in the wilderness for 40 years. That was not His will. That's right. Not His plan. Not His will. But they did not receive what He had for them. And it wasn't his fault. Where was the restriction? It was with them. Read this. This is what it says in the scripture. It says, verse 40, Psalm 78 40, How oft or how often did they provoke him in the wilderness? And they grieved him in the desert. What would grieve God? Now, we've got two things here. What did they do to him? They provoked him. That made him angry. What else did they do? Grieve is not anger. Can you grieve God? What would it mean that God is grieved? He's displeased. God didn't get depressed. But He's displeased. He's not happy. It grieved him. It bothered him. What bothered him? Look at the very next phrase. Very next phrase. What grieved him? They turned back and they tempted God. And in doing that, what they do? They limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited God. See, people don't even like to say that. We're reading scriptures. They limited God. Limited God. They limited the Holy One of Israel. How in the world could you limit God? This is God's limitless. Nobody can limit God. Every one of us can limit what He can do for us we are the limiting factor our faith our vision our lack thereof is the limitation i believe god has bigger and better for us don't you i certainly don't believe we're supposed to go backwards or go down Hmm. i don't believe we're supposed to just stay the same and stay where we are and just maintain I believe God has more, much more, yes. for you and I to receive yes. from Him. Yes. More revelation. Yes. More anointing. Yes. More life. Yes. More strength. Yes. More stuff. More opportunities. More fruit. Yes. In every way. Amen. Much more. Yes. Amen. Now His will is already established already revealed his ability should not be in question as to his ability to give us all of this and do all this for us but there is a limitation and where is it it's here it's here I was able to bless that man with that item I was willing not only was I willing I was desirous hmm Not only would I do it, I really wanted to do it. Did he receive it? No. No. Did he enjoy it? No. No. It was a nice thing. He could have enjoyed it for years. Or he could have enjoyed it for a week and sold it to somebody else. Let them enjoy it. Then he'd have enjoyed it. They'd have been blessed. He'd have got a harvest and I'd have got a harvest. Instead, he cut all of it off. He stopped all of it. He affected my life, he affected his life, and he affected ever life he might have been supposed to sow it to. And I don't know, something might have happened after them too, you know. Who knows? By what? I'm sure he called himself being humble. His big deal was how much did it cost. And he was trying to prove that he was humble and holy. By not having a possession that was that nice. Didn't prove that to me. I'm just saying, where was the limitation? Could he have done something else? Yes, sir. Could they have done something else? Yes, sir. And what would have been the evidence of it? Thank you. Thank you. I handed him the item. And what did he say? I'm sorry, brother. I can't. Which was a lie. That's not true. I can't. The truth is, I won't. He could. He just wouldn't. Could he have said something else? <laughs> what could he have said? Oh. <laughs> well, thank you. We know little bit about this but i'm telling you this is so i can't even say it in english this is so much more than a polite response this is a spiritual powerful thing to genuinely give thanks and it operates in the present and in the future Thanks be unto God which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to try. We see victory, triumph, and thanks. Is there a connection? Is there a connection between thanks and victory? But here's our problem. So many have only thought about after the fact something happens you see it and feel it and you say thanks. He didn't limit it to that. Most of what he's talking about is future in these verses most of this put yourself in the context when he's ta- he talked about all the ordeals and all the issues that were going on is his life over? No. What's he talking about then? He's not just talking about himself personally. He's talking about everybody and every trial they have ever faced. And every issue and need they have ever faced. And all that will come for the rest of your life. And to every generation till the body of Christ is complete. And he is thanking God for all that is to come. And that connects him to the victory. Glory to God. Now let me give you an example here. What we're talking about is faith. Without which you cannot please God. Without which you cannot receive a healing or a bill paid. You can't be born again. You can't be saved. And what is the victory that overcomes the whole world? The victory. The victory. That overcomes the whole world. Even our faith. And thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. (laughs) What is the victory? Our faith. (laughs) Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory, which is our faith, which is the victory. If you've known me for years, this happened just recently on a situation. I called somebody and... uh, The Lord had dealt with me. I had looked at it for some time. I knew it was right. And I said. uh, Asked them a little bit about the situation. And they knew what they were believing for. They didn't hum-haw around. They knew I didn't play games. And they didn't either. I said what are you believing for on this? Pop, 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 pop. I said that's what I thought. Glory to God. It'll be there in a few days. Now. What if he had said, well, we'll see. We'll see. And he's going to reserve his thanks until the check clears. (laughs) And he knows the funds. Now, if he didn't know me, that'd be a different deal. But if he knew me, and I'd been told him always the truth and been faithful with him, if he's going to reserve thanksgiving till later, after he sees, is that okay? No. What would he be doing? He would be saying, Well, maybe you will, maybe you won't, maybe you can, maybe you can't. We'll see. And when we see it, and it clears, I'm going to thank you. (laughs) But I'm not going to thank you right now. I've had people in my life that God used in some powerful ways, and I knew them, I knew their character, I knew their integrity, I knew their ability, and all they had to say is the Lord told me to do this, and I mean I shouted, I shouted, Right then, right there, I didn't have to see any bank statements. I didn't have to hear anything, nothing. I knew if they said it, I immediately went into thanksgiving gear. I hadn't seen anything. Nothing has happened that you could see or know in the natural. But I immediately began to say, glory to God. First of all, I'm thanking God. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you. you, I'm not waiting. I said, I'm not waiting. Waiting to see is unbelief. You're not putting any stock in their character or in their integrity. You're not trusting anything. We've learned through some social training. Some people had not learned it nowadays, but a lot of us were taught, say thank you. Say thank you. But do we know the power of saying thank you before? We know how to say thank you after. But faith says thank you before. What are you waiting on to get on with your life? What are you waiting on to kick into the thanksgiving? If you believe what he said, if you believe what he told you, then the time to give thanks now. is right now when he said it. Yes, sir. Right now. Yes. And friend, this is a spiritual force. It puts things in motion that connects you to the victory. Amen. This is a release of your faith. Doc Horton and Jerry Horton were here, what, a few months ago, and uh, Doc and Jerry, too, are from Georgia, and good southern people, and, and grew up, you know, years ago in the deep south, and he said when he grew up, they had a big family, and uh, biscuits were a treat, Did, you know, during some of the hard times, didn't always have flour, You they ate more uh Cornmeal that they could grind themselves than they did biscuits. But maybe you had biscuits on Sunday. And uh, what would that have been? Martha White, self rising fly? <laughs> 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 it might not have been self rising back then. It probably wasn't. Se- no, it wasn't self rising back then. Shows what I know. Anyway, <laughs> Mama would make up a big batch of fluffy country biscuits and have some syrup there handy, blue cane or sorghum, whatever your preference is, and uh, maybe some country-cured ham, (laughs) or whatever the case might be. But he had a bunch of brothers, big family, and he was the little one. And sometimes the biscuits would run out before everybody got one. But there was a rule in his family. He even wrote a book about it. And the title is Thank You for the Biscuit. <laughs> because at his house, it was a rule that no matter where you were, if you were sitting at the end of the table behind three bigger brothers and there was just one biscuit in the platter and you piped up and you said, Thank you for the biscuit. (laughs) It was your biscuit. Nobody could touch it. (laughs) They didn't call it first. You didn't have to have it in your hand. All you had to do was say, Thank you for the biscuit. biscuit." (laughs) anybody know how to get the biscuit come on help me out how do you thank you yeah but you ain't got no biscuit you don't see a clue how to get a biscuit nine people tween you and the last biscuit how do you get come on how do you get how do you thank you thank you for the biscuit yeah The reason he tells it and talks about it because it is a principle of God. That's how he operates. How many understand? God's not the author of confusion. He's preparing a table right now, isn't he? (laughs) He has prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies. But too many folks been trying to climb past the enemy. Been trying to climb up on the table. Grab the biscuit plate. Going to have to feel that biscuit in their hand. Before they get a biscuit. Before they believe they got a biscuit. And that is not how it works at the Lord's table. He's prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. How many believe this table is not a bare table? This is a full table. What's on the table? (laughs) We know one thing that's on the table is bread. Jesus called healing the children's bread, didn't he? We know oil is on the table. Oil of joy. We know the wine of the Spirit's on the table. Everything you'll ever need is on the table. But it's right here in the presence of your enemies. And if you let yourself be distracted and deterred, you'll be trying to see and trying to feel. You'll be distracted by the symptoms, the symptoms of lack And the symptoms of pain and confusion and every other thing. And people get caught up in all this confusion. And they're clamoring. And they're trying to get. And they're trying to produce it through their works and through their actions. When all you got to do. (laughs) I don't care if it looks like it's ten miles between you and the biscuit. And like it ain't no way you could ever get to that biscuit. All you got to do is lean back. Don't even have to yell. All you got to do is say. Thank you for the biscuit. Yes, I do. Lord, I think I don't have to see a biscuit. I don't have to smell a biscuit. Thank you. Lord, I am thanking you for the biscuit and believe that if he says it's given to you it's yours Amen. before you see it before you feel it i mean absolutely convinced Amen. that there ain't no way that biscuit is not getting in your hands somebody say thank you, thank you. say it again thank you thank you thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glory to God. Where are you right now? Psalms. Go with me, please, to 1 Samuel, the first chapter, and uh, Mark 1. 1 Samuel 1 and Mark 1. There is a phrase that Jesus used repeatedly, and you find it used by men of God in the Old Testament as well. When I say it, you'll recognize it immediately. It is this, go thy way. You ever heard that before? Jesus ever tell people, go your way. We wouldn't say thy today. Go your way. Or get on your way. Hmm? What does that mean? It doesn't mean hang around and wait. Does it? What does it mean? Go your way. Get on your way. Get on with it. In 1 Samuel 1, I want us to look at this. 1 Samuel 1 tells the story of a woman who became Samuel's mother through a miracle. Her name was Hannah, wasn't it? She wanted a baby, didn't she? She wanted a baby about as bad as any woman ever wanted a baby. But she couldn't have a baby, couldn't conceive. Had a good husband, loved him, he loved her, but she couldn't conceive. And she just felt like her life was not enough to live. As years went by and she did not conceive, she became, I would say, almost suicidal. If you read this chapter here, you can see she's putting pressure on him. She didn't feel like she can live if she doesn't have a baby. And so she has prayed and prayed and prayed and fasted and prayed and asked questions and wondered. She's... Fussed and put pressure on her husband. She's been ill with other people. Because she just. Life is not worth living. If she doesn't have this child. This baby. And it looks like she's never going to have a baby. Friend this is a trick of the devil. This is being unthankful. Her husband. If you read the whole story. And this is the Keith Moore paraphrase. He'd try to console her. He'd buy her stuff. He'd feed her good meals. Take her to nice restaurants. And one time he's she's just crying. She'd just cry all the time. Night and day. Just cry, 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 cry. Why don't you say this out loud? That is never. That is never. Okay. okay. Never. Man, woman, boy, girl, that is never. I don't care what happened to you. Or it didn't happen to you. As a child of God, that is never okay. But she's doing it. I just cry just at the drop of a hat. You just look at her and she starts crying. Because she's so miserable. Because of what she does not have. And one point, again, this is the Keith Moore paraphrase. He looked at her and he said, hey, baby, you got me. <laughs> you, you got me. And she went, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Just would not quit crying. I mean, nobody is enjoying life, cause she don't have a baby. The house is like a cloud over it. And they might, you might start to go outside and do something, begin to be a little happy. And she walks out the door and you look at her and she goes, uh, 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 uh. This went on for years. And tell me why. Why is it going on? Because of something she does not have. Is there a place between thankful and unthankful? <laughs> this is revelation. The Lord asked me this question this afternoon. <laughs> is there a place between thankful and unthankful? Can you be neither thankful or unthankful you're just in the middle here somewhere is there a place where you're not thankful but you're not unthankful there is no such place if you're not thankful you are unthankful I said if you're not thankful what are you is that okay she's got her health she's got a good man she's got a nice house she eats good she lives good she's got a covenant with god are y'all listening to me and what does all that mean to her Nothing. nothing nothing She is not enjoying or appreciating any of it because of this one thing she doesn't have. Hmm? And this lasted for years. And then came a breakthrough. Anybody interested in the breakthrough? Now just look straight ahead. Don't look to the side. Don't look <laughs> Don't look at your spouse right now. Don't look it's your family and friends and sister look right, right here, right here. That's it. Just <laughs> I said, I thought you was reading about so no, no, I was reading about Hannah. <laughs> Not somebody you know. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, after years of this misery and making everybody around her miserable. After years of raining on everybody's parade. She's in the temple praying again. Of course, now, you know, she felt like she's a real spiritual woman. She goes to the temple all the time, and man, she prays. Oh, Lord, this woman prays night and day. And missing God. Friend, there is no excuse to be like this. I don't care what happened to you. I don't care what happened. It doesn't matter what happened to you. It doesn't excuse this kind of behavior, or what you don't have. Here's where her breakthrough came. She's in the temple again, praying and wailing, crying and wailing, wailing and crying. Same kind of thing goes on today. So many people, when they start praying, listen to the tone. Listen to the tone. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Why talk to the Lord like that? Why? Do you know who you're talking to? The Bible said, Come wailing before the throne of grace, (laughs) come sobbing before the throne of grace. Come complaining. Now tell me what it said. Come. Come, bon- come with your head up. Come with some pep in your step. Realize where you are. Who you talking to. He don't want to hear you wail and act pitiful. What does he want to hear out of you? Faith. I'm going to jump ahead of myself here a little bit. Faith. Never feel sorry for itself. never never she's wailing, she's crying. She bothered the man of God. He said, "What is wrong with you <laughs> Are you drunk <laughs> I'm not making this up, am I?" Are you drunk? Or just crazy? What? <laughs> See, she thought she's spiritual. She just has to have what God has for her. And she knows he has a baby and I know it's the plan of God and I can't get it. <laughs> Not spiritual. Not spiritual. I don't care if you prayed and quoted 500 scriptures. Not spiritual. Something I don't care for. Some of our modern situations, you'll see some people that are teaching the youth to beg. And be desperate. Get on the floor and scream. And beg and cry out for God. Where's the faith in that? And without faith, it is impossible for God to be pleased with any such stuff. Now, I know sometimes your heart might be touched and you may feel bad about something you've done and you may need to repent, but it shouldn't last very long until you get to victory. Right. And if you've got an issue, you pray through. And if your heart's bothered or burdened about something, I understand you may shed some tears, but you don't stay there. You don't live there. You pray through and you get to victory, victory, victory. And you get up. And you talk faith. And you give thanks. Living in that dark, depressed, sobbing, crying, ungrateful place got nothing to do with God and being spiritual and everything to do with the enemy. Right. He said, what's wrong with you? Are you drunk? She said, no, I'm not drunk. I just have wanted a baby for all my life and I have fasted one time for 40 days and, and I've talked to my husband all night long and he's mad at me and I'm... <laughs> And I've done everything I don't do and I've poured my heart out to God for 15 years and I just can't take it anymore. <laughs> God, if you don't give me my baby, I'm going to die. I just want to die. I just want to die. She said, count not your handmaid, a daughter of Belial, the abundance of my complaint and my grief have I spoken. And she's calling that prayer abundance of complaining and grieving has this produced any pregnancy in all these years (laughs) is she any closer to her dream then Eli answered her and said get out of here (laughs) what does go mean it don't mean stay. It don't mean stay and cry and use up all my Kleenexes. What, it? what does it mean? What does go mean? Go. <laughs> go. What did Jesus tell people over and over again? Go your way. Go your way. Go in peace. And the God of Israel grant you your petition that you have asked of him. And she took that. As the Lord talking to her. Which it was. She took that as the Lord telling her, You got it. It's granted. It's yours. Come on, keep reading. She said, Well, let your handmaid find grace in your sight. She got up, she went, and she dried her nose, <laughs> wiped her smeared makeup off. And <laughs> hey, come on, help me. We keep reading it. And what? She went her way. Sit down with her husband and, for once in 15 years, ate without crying. And enjoyed a meal. And talked about what was good and right. And, and her countenance was no more sad. No more sad. What happened? She believes it has happened, she's done praying. She's done crying. Get to it. Get on with your life. No more sad. Be happy. And you know what goes with this. If you believe God granted what you've been hungry for for all these years, what are you going to say? You're going to be saying, thank "Thank you." you. Thank you. And in just a few months, it came to pass when the time was come, after Hannah had conceived, She bore a son and called his name Samuel. It happened. When she quit crying, she quit focusing on what she didn't have. It came to pass. Now, without taking all the time to do it, let me just remind you. Jesus said uh, in Matthew 8 to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so be it done unto you. If he believed it, what do you think he was doing as he was leaving and going on his way? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He said in Mark 1, He said concerning the lepers, Go your way and show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing the things that Moses commanded. You know what happened as those lepers went their way? What happened? As they went their way, what happened? And what happened with this guy, the one that came back, what did he come back to do? To give thanks, to give thanks to God. And Jesus made remark. He said, where's the other ones? Is this key to them having full victory and retaining their victory? Is there a connection between thanksgiving and victory? Not just saying thank you after something has occurred, but is it faith? Is it faith to believe and quit struggling and crying and quit trying and begging and just say, Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Jesus operated this way. I won't take the time to go into it. But Jesus, when they got all these people spread all over the hillside and they don't have anything to eat, He takes that little boy's lunch. What does He do? He lifts it up. He's not just thanking God for this little lunch. He's thanking God for the meeting of all these needs before anything has ever happened. And when he's standing out there in front of Lazarus' tomb, staring death right in the face. Come on, what did he do? What's the first thing he did? He lifted up his voice. He said, Father, I want to thank you. He hadn't seen anything. Hadn't felt anything. They're all still crying. Aren't they? Over what they don't have. He's standing out there in the cemetery. The smell of death all around. Listen to how he prays. Father, I thank you for hearing me. What did he say? What's happened? Friend, when we can get our thanksgiving before things occur in the natural we tap in to a force and a power that is faith itself that opens the door to God and lets him come in and change whatever it takes changed stand on your feet right now everybody let's act on it is there something you haven't had is there something that's made you sad cuz you couldn't do it or you didn't have it did you cry Have you felt bad? Have you been down? Have you felt sorry for yourself? Well, you see where it's gotten you. All of us have missed it in these areas, made mistakes, but we should be learning better by now. Right? We should be growing. We should be developing. Something changed in her. She believed God had heard her. She believed God had spoken to her. And she was no more sad. Instead, obviously, she began to be thankful. We see Jesus expressing this principle over and over. So what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? We're gonna quit crying. We're gonna quit feeling sorry for ourselves. Come on, what are we gonna do? We are gonna thank God for everything that has happened. We are gonna thank God for every good thing we are enjoying right now. But we are also gonna powerfully thank God for everything That he is provided for us and endeavoring to get to us because it will enlarge our capacity to receive from him. It'll change us. We're not just out of a religious habit going around saying, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. When we really do it in faith and do it out of our heart, it's doing something on the inside of us. It's affecting us so that it's enabling us to change so we can receive what He's already given to us and wanted us to have all the time. Right now, everybody, close your eyes. Everybody, close your eyes and lift up your voice and say thank you. Come on, on your own, just begin to say thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for everything you have done for us. You have been so good, so good, so exceedingly good. Oh, I worship you, I worship you, and I thank you. I thank You. I thank You, I thank You, I thank You, I thank You, I thank You. You have provided everything we'll ever need and every good desire. I thank You for satisfying my soul. I thank You for enabling me to have every need met. I thank You, 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 I thank You said out loud with me everybody close your eyes said out loud "Thank thank you Lord for being so good to me you've done so much you've given me so much and I am thankful I'm also thankful for everything you've already provided for me that I've not yet enjoyed I am confident You will will cause me me to be completely completely fulfilled, fulfilled, completely completely satisfied. satisfied. Yes, Yes. you will do do exceeding exceeding abundantly abundantly above above everything everything I I ever thought or desired. Or asked for. It is coming to pass. It will surely come to pass. I will not come short. I will not be left behind. I will not lack any good thing. But I will be. Perfect and entire. Wanting. Nothing. Lacking.